Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Hebrews 12, 12 through 16. Hey, 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 how are y'all doing today? I just wanted to say hi. I'm starting this podcast to talk about bitterness, and I feel like I just need to be in the best mood and so chipper and be like, woohoo, we're so glad you're here because this is heavy. <laughs> So maybe you are bitter at me right now for being annoying on this podcast. I don't know. But I just had to start that way because, oh, it does feel like the world's so angry. And I'm actually really happy today. And I'm excited to be with you guys. And I'm thankful that you're here. So let me start out this podcast, the opposite of bitter, with a lot of gratitude and just tell you thanks for being here. And I don't take for granted that tens of thousands of you hang out with us every week. And it's crazy. In fact, way more than that. It's wild how many people are here listening to this. And I'm grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here's where we're going to go. We are going to talk about bitterness. And what I want to say about this is that it's possible that you're going to listen to this and you're listening because you know somebody that lives this way and you're going to think to yourself, you know what? I'm never bitter. I never struggle with that. I hope to bust your bubble on that because I think we all struggle with bitterness and I think it's so subtle. I think it's something in our mind where we just have a little grudge that we hold or we just, eh, we just kind of dwell on what we don't have and what we should have and how it's not going our way. Bitterness usually is grown up and out of wrongs held on to for a long time. And I don't think we realize we do it. If we did, we would get free of it because we wouldn't want that to be in our souls because bitterness rots us out. Like we've got to get rid of it. And we feel that even when we're living in it. But the problem is, is it grows slowly. It grows slowly over time. And it starts with a feeling of justification. Like I deserved that or I was wronged by that. I had a right to that. Those are kind of the the statements that usually precede whatever happened, right? I I deserved blank. And I didn't deserve blank. I didn't deserve to be treated like that. All of us have those moments where we feel wronged and there's some injustice that has come against us in some way, small or big. And I want to talk about what it looks like to let that go. So many of you have been in your homes for months on end with your family, maybe your parents or your spouse or your kids, and you just are exhausted. And honestly, some of you have been hurt by family members, by people you love in this season. 
Maybe it's because of politics. Maybe it's because of something way bigger. And and what I would say to that is we always have a choice and we've got to choose a better way than to live in bondage to this. Bitterness is a prison. It is a prison that you have the ability to walk out of, but it will not hurt the other person nearly as much as it hurts you. I'm going to read this out of Philippians 3. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Guys, this is a whole other way to live. Verse 13 says, the one thing I do is forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a whole radical different way to live, to lay down what we deserve, to lay down what we think is fair, to lay down our gain and to count it as rubbish and to say, we don't need this because what we have is God. What we get is is God. And you cannot beat that. And our inheritance that awaits us is way better than whatever crud is going down here. So I think this perspective shift is what I hope you get from this podcast every single time you listen. I hope you just feel like, you know what? Maybe I could loosen up a little about everything going right in my life because I do get heaven and I do have a God that loves me and delights over me. I hope that there's this small, subtle perspective shift that's happening as you listen and hang with us over the weeks and months. Because what I believe has changed my life more than any other thing is as I know God, my hope on this earth gets smaller and my hope in heaven gets bigger. And that shift has shifted everything. So when I suffer, when things do not go my way, big or small, and both happen regularly, there's a little bit more of a, okay, so what? (laughs) I mean, there's just there's just a little bit less angst and a little bit less bitterness and a little bit less control. And I just feel a little more happy and grateful, even in the midst of suffering. Why? Because our hope is not in this world. It is a whole radical different way to live. And Jesus lived it and we watched him do it. And he laid down his right over and over again to be the heir the child of God and to be on earth as someone who was hated and not respected and constantly misunderstood. And, and he, he walked through that, right? He walked through it and, and through it, he chose it and he loved people anyway. Why? Because he knew this was a minute in light of eternity. He understood that this would go by quickly and he didn't need everything to work outright for his comfort and for his good. Because he knew in the end it would work out better than any of us can imagine for his comfort and for his good. It's a whole different way to live. Every time we make the decision to love someone, we open ourselves up to suffering. It's, it's something we talked about when we talked about loneliness. It is a risk when you put your life into other people's hands and your heart into other people's hands and you say, uh, and you're vulnerable and you, and you say the hard things and you love them sacrificially. It is nearly impossible to do that regularly. And to not get hurt, you will get hurt because people are sinners, because you're a sinner. You will hurt and people will hurt you. And I think it's a key fundamental thing to understand if you want to have healthy relationships, that this will happen, that conflict will happen, that your feelings will be hurt, that they will not be the perfect friend to you or the perfect family member or spouse. And so when you accept that and kind of go into it, then what you find is, okay, 
can we still have a relationship? And that's the question. Can you love imperfect people? Can you let offenses go? Can you work through them if there are offenses that aren't small that you can't let go, right? We've got to also be willing to do the work of conflict resolution when it demands it. The temptation of bitterness is that we are wronged and that in some way, I think it it's subtle and I don't think we always consciously think it, but in some way we're getting back at them by holding on to this. But the truth is, yeah, they move on. You know, what happens is you don't and that bitterness grows. And what the enemy loves, he's good at feeding and sowing roots of bitterness. That is a passion of his. He is a passion project and putting seeds of bitterness that grow into unforgiveness, that grow into anger, that grow into despair and depression. I mean, that that is his glory, that, that he would just plant those little seeds and they would take root and they would grow. And it honestly is just destroying you. It doesn't destroy them. And so it doesn't even totally make sense that we would not forgive people because it doesn't end up punishing them. It really just hurts us. And so letting things go as often as we can This is 1 Corinthians 13, that we wouldn't keep a record of wrongs, that love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And what that scripture means is that that we don't hold on to the ways that people have hurt us. We don't dwell on it. We don't punish them for it. We don't remember it even. And I remember early in our marriage, that was really important to Zach. If we would get in a fight, which we did a lot in the beginning, I remember if I ever brought something up that was from a month ago or a year ago. He'd be like, listen, we work through that. Like, can you let that go? Can we can we start today with goodwill and with faith instead of bringing up every wrong that I've brought you? Because eventually, and now I look back and I'm like, it was very wise. Because eventually after 23 years of marriage now, that would be a really long list. And if I dwelled on that list, I would think I had the worst husband. I would just feel like, oh my gosh, he is horrible. I could read you that record and pull it out. But you know what? I learned to forget. I learned to forget what was behind and to strive forward with what is ahead because I realized holding on to that did nothing for us. And honestly, his record of good is so long. It's a million times longer than his record of wrongs. But if I just held on to that record of wrongs and defined our marriage by it and couldn't let it go, ah, that would be the worst marriage. And yet we have the best marriage because we do forget and we let things go. And now we can have a fight and literally an hour later not remember what it was about and honestly not even need to majorly work through it because we're not easily offended and we're not hanging on to it. Now, that's 20 plus years and a lot of counseling later, but I'm telling you, it is such a better way to live. You can live that way. I mean, save your money on counseling and just those two things of do not be easily offended and do not keep a record of wrongs. And I'm not saying don't deal with your stuff. There are times where there is such hurt that if you don't deal with it, you cannot move forward. And so for that, my hope and prayer for you is that you would do the work of wrestling with whatever it is that needs to be forgiven and and work through it. Work through it together with that other person if they're willing. But even if they're not, get a counselor, a mentor, somebody that can help you process and to really release that and to let it go. So here's a few questions that some of you asked. What are some questions we could ask ourselves to spot bitterness in our our own lives? Okay, here's some things. Is when you survey your relationships, is there anybody that you just kind of feel like, eh, 
I don't really want to see them. Like a good friend. I mean, I, I know sometimes it's like acquaintances that don't, aren't life-giving, you, you don't feel excited about. But I just mean like the people that you really love, your family members, your closest friends. Is there anybody that you're just kind of like, you know, that person hurt me. I just, I don't know if I want to engage there. You're probably holding on to some bitterness. Somewhere, some way they have hurt you. And, and maybe it's even a way that you don't think about all the time consciously, but but you still get that little feeling in your heart where you're like, eh, I'm going I'm to distance myself a little bit from them. This has happened to me and it happened to me recently with a really good friend and I love her so much and and she just surprised me with something that really hurt my feelings and for a few weeks after that, I just remember being like, you know, I don't think I feel like seeing her. I don't feel like calling her. What I had to do was just push through it. I had to say, no, I love that friend and I am not going to let this destroy our friendship. I'm not going to let this make us distant and I'm telling you, I got more intentional with that friendship. And and I did at times address it, like just to mention it and be like, are we good with that? Like, I just need to know about this and, and are we okay? And, and it's not that I totally avoided it, but I also did not let it define our future. I didn't let it define our relationship. Guys, I mean, it is over. Like we are great now and I don't feel that twinge anymore, but I had to press through it and I had to choose to not be bitter and to not hold on to it. And that took just more time together and experiences together and remembering like, I love this friend. I'm so grateful for her and I want her in my life, even though sometimes she's going to hurt me. Guys, sometimes people are going to hurt you. It's just going to happen. But what are those places where you feel that twinge of like, mm, like distance and putting up a wall? So here's another question. I want to let go, but I don't know how to do it practically. What do I do? I think the first thing you've got to do is to name it. You've got to put words around it. And you need to do that with somebody safe, not a peer, not somebody that's in your friend group with that same person. That's gossip. Maybe with your mom or with your sister out of town, like someone that doesn't have anything on the line with that relationship so you're not gossiping, but process it and name it and say, you know what? I think this person has hurt me and I, I need to process it a little so that I can get my head around it. If it is something that you cannot let go after a day or two or three, what I would do is to say, hey, could we talk about this? And in a healthy, grown-up way, say, this hurt me. And I'm trying to let it go. And I promise to let it go. But I need to say that it hurt me. And I want to be right with you. You know, maybe they'll apologize like a champ and it'll be awesome and you'll leave with closure and it'll they'll be humble and it'll go great. It may not go that way. Either way, you've got to decide to let it go. Now, the main way, and I learned this from all my study with get out of your head and the neuroscience of it, the main way you get out of thinking about this and bitterness growing is you choose gratitude. You see the good. Do not dwell on the bad. When my mind starts to circle around a hurt or an offense, I literally stop it. And I'm like, you know what? This doesn't get my time. Like life is too short. God is too good. I am not going to give this energy or time. And again, if it grows and grows and I can't let it go, I will talk to that person. But the first thing we've got to try to do is to not be easily offended and to let things go. Last question. I honestly can't quite put a finger on what's made me bitter. I just feel it. I feel it because I feel angry or apathetic or callous and I don't know how to get to the bottom of it. And this is where we've got to do better with our relationships and our friendships. We've got to talk. If you listen to the Loneliness Week where I talked about the Henry Nouwen quote of sometimes when you're sitting there talking with someone, you'll see and uncover things about yourself that you didn't even know, that that in your mind by yourself, 
it doesn't come up. But with a good friend, if you feel safe enough to say it. And this is where you've got to bring people in. You cannot fight this alone. That apathetic feeling, that bitterness, anger, whatever it is, we've got to be doing this in community. We've got to have a moment to just share. And you know what I'll do sometimes? I'll say, I'm feeling something. And I think I just need to talk about it for a little while. Will you ask me some good questions and like help me diagnose this? One that sets up expectations of I'm going to I'm gonna take up the oxygen in the room for a minute and I need you to listen and I need you to be a good friend and I need you to ask questions and help me. So, you, so you're not going to be disappointed, right? Like you, you're kind of saying like, hey, this is what I need, which is a grown-up thing to do also. It's a healthy grown-up thing to do. And so when I say those things and hear myself talk and, and then when that person hears me talk, I'll say at the end of that, I'll, be, I'll say, what do you hear? What do you see? What do you think I'm, I'm wrestling with? And almost always they nail it, guys. They nail it. Now, and these are different friends in my life. It's not just one. But, but I think something about listening, if you're really vulnerable and you'll share what it is you're feeling, you can usually get to the bottom of it. But it's going to probably be through sharing with someone else and letting them look into your life. Because we live with ourselves all the time. We have so many thoughts. We don't even know what it is we're feeling or thinking most of the time. So sometimes we've got to hear ourselves say it and someone else needs to hear us say it and and help us get to the root of it. I hope this has been helpful. So grateful for you guys. And I'm praying that there are strongholds that have been built up maybe over years or maybe just during quarantine that are being broken and that we are not going to live as bitter people because what a waste of life. This is Chloe, and I wanted to make sure you knew about some fun things we've been working on for you. Molly, who is on our team and helps us do so many things around here, took hours upon hours to make sure that all of our podcast episodes are on Jenny's Pinterest. So if you're ever wanting to share an episode or save it for later, you can go to Jenny's Pinterest page now and find all kinds of resources, her free downloads, quotes from her books, podcast episodes, and so much more. And sometimes we'll get questions from you guys like, is there a way for me to read a transcript of an episode or share it with someone who can read it? The answer is yes. We transcribe every single podcast episode and upload it to Jenny's website. If you go to JennyAllen.com blog, you can go through all the blog posts all the way back to episode one of the Made for This podcast. You can read and share all your favorite episodes and maybe even catch a few of the lines that you didn't write down just quick enough. Thanks again for listening today. We will see you guys next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Bye.